if you look at your bank account, for example, and you don't like the number that's in there, it's a sum of your decisions you've made throughout the last 90 days. So at some point in time, you have to be confident enough in yourself to say, you know what? I am going to change things every day moving forward for the next 90 days. Before we get into the episode, I was looking at the analytics for the last 28 days on this podcast. 96.9% of you guys are not subscribed. So here's my one favor that I ask from you. If you want to see the biggest guests, the best guests, the most with the most inspirational stories and actionable advice, come on the podcast. Let's get those subscribers up. Please give the channel a subscribe. And to be honest, the mind shift change came when like I started catching mice when I was sleeping on the floor in my daughter's mom's house. Mm. And it was because it was we were on section eight and it was like all these different situations. And I'm sitting here like, man, like I cannot keep doing this. Like there's something your body and your mind goes through when you're going through these certain things. And it depends on the individual, what you do after you go through it after a certain amount of times. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, I started blaming everybody else for what was going on. Oh, my mom kicked me out. So it's her fault that I have to even catch these mice. And oh man, I just, why is my car doing this? You know, it's, it's this fault. And I started blaming everything. And there was just this one day, like I was sitting with my daughter, we were watching, uh, we were watching some movie. I think it's, uh, I can't, Encanto or something like that. Sitting there watching a movie. And I'm just like, every time I blame somebody, I'm giving somebody else power over me. Mm. And I started looking within and I was like, all of this stuff is my fault. Like everything's my fault. And, and I got down on myself for a period of time. But I think what happens is it was building resilience. Like sometimes when you're self-aware and uh, you're very self-aware, you can kind of look at things that you know you've done wrong and try to lie to yourself. But what I did was like, I was like, you know what? There's no more lying to myself. The only person I need to be honest with is myself. And that's the only way I'll be able to speak truth when I come on to these podcasts or I do a YouTube video or I speak to other individuals who look up to me. I have to be truthful and I have to be pure with my intentions. Mm. So I was like, you know what? Everything's my fault. And the moment I said that, I took all the power back from everybody else. And I said, wow, like, it's my decision on whether or not I want to wake up at seven in the morning. It's my decision if I want to go to the gym. If I'm fat, it's my fault. If I don't like my life, it's my fault. If I look at my bank account and I don't like the number that's in there, it's a reflection of what I've been doing over these last 90 days. So if I don't like it, then I should probably change. That's exactly what happened. And the mindset, uh, mind shift is really changing your daily habits. You know, because I tell people all the time, you know, if you look at your bank account, for example, and you don't like the number that's in there, you, it's a sum of your decisions you've made throughout the last 90 days. Naomi Campbell gave you an opportunity. Yeah. Virgil Abloh gave you an opportunity. Bella Hadid gave you an opportunity. They passed you the ball. And then you talk about the follow through. So I, I, I want to talk about both moments. So what were you doing that they gave you the opportunity? What do you think they saw? And then what was the follow through? How did you make sure you delivered? Yeah, I mean, good question. I mean, I was fucking grinding, man. It's like people, like I first worked in food. I worked for this company called Healthware. It's a Chia Bar, Chia C company that was acquired by PepsiCo. I was probably employee number five there. And I worked there out of school at Penn from about 2013 to 15, 16. But, uh, making $32,000 a year, maybe. Sleeping on my friend's couch. Fucking going. But I would, you know, you would have to prove yourself in that game, right? So I would be standing in fucking Whole Foods and Battery Park City. My friends who work at Goldman are coming in. I'm fucking chopping up chia bars, handing them out to folks. They're like, yo, what is Joe doing? Went to an Ivy League school. You got to swallow your pride. But with that access that it got me to things and the stuff that I learned, right? So I was able to get, I made friends with people at Nike Run Clubs because 
this is before like whatever influencer strategy was a thing. I would show up to the wrong clubs. I would have some bars with me. Be like, yo, have some of these. I go run with them, meet them, do that type of thing. Infiltrate. Always show up. Always show up. I do that with Nike. I did that with Lululemon. I did that with whatever. Made relationships, right? I'm hosting free workouts, not getting paid pop-ups on West Side Highway. Mm. Called them Ocho System Saturdays. Doing doing it. Mm. Showing up. Mm. Clicking away. Clicking away. Then... I got the Nike deal that I'm continuously upskilling. I get the Nike deal or Nike situation because Nike comes in and scouts a class. Hmm. It was called Run Strong. Uh, the woman who works for Peloton, Robin, used to teach it, right? Hmm. She hit me up the day before one of the classes. She said, I can't teach this class. I'm out of town. Can you cover it? Hmm. I had two choices there. It was an early class. Hmm. I did not want to cover it. <laughs> yeah. I did cover it. I may have been a little late, but whatever. I was there. 6.30, 7 a.m., show up. I'm like, whatever, let's do this. You got two choices. You know, you could be an asshole. It's early. You're annoyed. You're not going to give a good class. You'll just get through it. But I'm like, I'm here. I'm going to give a good experience. The people who were in that class that day happened to work for Nike. I had no idea they were there until they came up to me after the class. And they said, Joe, we think you'd be a good fit for this. Do you want to uh, cut doing building out this program called 45 grand? We love you to be a part of it. I'm like, hell yeah, mm. sure. But guess what? I showed up, right? Mm. Then there's a whole other story about this, but essentially Nike didn't follow up with me until randomly one day I get a call like three months later after this. They're like, Joe, we're, we're hosting audition trainer auditions at the office. Can you come in? Mm. I had a choice. I had to catch a train in two hours to go to Boston. Mm. I had to give a talk and to lead with some workouts up there. I was like, I don't think I can make it. They were like, all right, you can do it when you come back. Get a call about 15 minutes later. They told me today's the only day you could do it. Mm. Are you going to come in or not? Mm. And I had to go in. I had no prep. No prep. Show up to the office. The woman comes out, Aaron, God bless her soul. She said, Joe, I saw you. You weren't. And this is why people always got a voucher. She said, Joe, I saw you weren't on the list. I thought you'd be great for this. I wanted you here. I carved out a slot for you. I know you don't have much time. I'll give you 10 minutes to prep, and then you got to come in. You got to lead a workout for for the people that are there. Have your music ready. Mm. Now I'm looking in this space, and there's, at the time, 2015, 16, this is all the who's who of the fitness space in New York City, mm. right? And I'm like, I love this shit. Mm. I'm like, you know, kill your idols type of thing. And I, and she gave me 10 minutes of prep. I went in there, did well, and I eventually, you know, things cascaded, and I started to work for, work for Nike. And they brought, they brought me on. We are in upgrade season. This is about upgrading your paycheck, upgrading your enjoyment of your work. And that brings us to the sponsor of today's show, Free Agency. Free Agency manages and represents talent in the tech industry. They provide you with a dedicated talent agent that will help you find and win top of market roles. So if you are looking to build out your dream career today, Free agency is a company for you. Go to the link in description. Check it out. If you had have sat me down, the person I am today, and sat me down with the person I was that moved out, I don't think that I saw even half of the potential that I was. I don't even think I saw it. I don't think that anybody could have seen it in me. Um, looking back, I think that that toxic partner saw it and maybe that that contributed to the conflict in a sense, because like it can be intimidating that somebody, cause he was 25, I was 20. So we had a, a little bit of a gap and 
it's kind of scary to meet somebody that I was working at Wing House serving Captain of Coke. I was just a regular, regular college girl. If I needed money, I, I asked my parents for it. Like there was no, you know what I mean? Like mm. I had a car, I, I had everything I wanted. Like it was, that was the norm. You know what I mean? Like not everything I wanted, but I had like, you know, stability that I felt like was fine. To then you seeing this girl kind of grow up in front of you it was over the course of like three years. Yeah, I was with him for three years. It, that I just kind of became something that I don't think he ever thought I could. Or maybe he did see it and that created the conflict. But looking back, it's like I just became a demon in a sense. Like I, I know some women after heartbreak and things like that happen, they get promiscuous. And I was just so angry that mm -hmm. I had let that happen to myself. I was so angry that. My dad was right. I was just, there was so much resentment as a young woman. And yet I think I'm 21, 22 at this time that I just took that and I just worked and worked and I made videos about it. A lot of people may remember me from my Facebook videos. It said like what she did after she got cheated on, what she did after she got evicted, what she did. Like it was just this breakup story that I took and just owned because what else did I have? Like I made my bed and I laid in it. and. It was just crazy. Like, that's the only words I could put into it. Because so many women get into it, not just men. Like, a lot of girls, like, at least in the South, like, we can't rent cars because some boy we rented a car for wrecked it. We can't get apartments because some boy, you know what I mean? Like, you're always hearing these horrible stories about women and dating and doing things for other people because you, you love that person so much that you're willing to basically fall on the sword for them. And then they don't talk about the woman that you become after. Mm. Like, and thank God, you know. <laughs> By 25, I kind of let it go. But from, I would definitely say from 20 to 25, you can, you can talk to me. Like I was just on 10. Mm -hmm. Like I just had to take over the world type of mentality and it paid off. Like I, I'm really grateful for my experience, but I also know that the person I was had to die to be the person that I am now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to let go of that person, especially that innocence to that resentment and anger to a person that's at peace with how it happened. Like I'd go on Fulton Street and I'd see all these really cool black owned businesses. And I just had every reason to believe that I could do something like that just as cool, but myself. So I got to a point where um, I was prepared to do it, you know, and I'm, I'm strategic. So I had gotten myself financially prepared, like my, my living situation, my lifestyle, I was set up to really dive in and do the business. And so on April, first April Fool's Day, I gave notice and I um, gave a month's notice. May 1 is my first day where I'm going to be just like sitting in a cafe and working on my business plan, you know, very casually. And that's mm. literally May 1st. And I'm sitting in a cafe and randomly asked the person that was serving me, like if they know anything about the rents around here. And the guy's like, no, but my landlord's in the back and he owns everything around here. You should talk to him. That like one conversation on day one of not having a job led to me having a lease, keys and a space within less than 60 days. And so now I'm forced to implement everything that I've been creatively writing in one notebook for the last three years. Mm. Um, and I just think at that time, I just didn't care. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't really know all the different places I would bump my knees and lock my head. And I just didn't understand that at the time. I hadn't opened a business in the city of New York before. You have no idea how tough that is, you know? So I thought I could do it. And I think it's great that I thought I could do it. I think now I'd be like, oh God. But yes. then I was like, yeah, I just need to like get a, you know, get some keys and get a place and put some wallpaper up and it'll be fine. You know what mm. I mean? Like I just was so naive it worked. 
Um, and I've always had good ideas. I've always had great ideas about marketing things. I've always loved the, I didn't, before I even knew what marketing was, I've always loved in my mind showing off things that I love. If it's this glass of water, I'll sell you a gallon of it. Like that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, so I knew I wanted services at that time, nail services, beauty services, to be fun, to be chic, to be affordable, to be uplifted and just be upgraded overall in Brooklyn. And I thought that I could do that. And I thought that I could take that task at hand. And I did it and I did it well for 10 years. And so much so that I opened multiple businesses. Uh, but, you know, five years into the 10 years, it no longer stimulated me. I was already on to the next because I already told you I'm not excited about anything for too long. And I'm always thinking about that next chapter. So five years in is when I, I personally was checked out and was like, what's next? What else can I be doing? And I'm just noticing that, you know, the only, only people really making money were the landlords and the, and the, and the real, real, realtors because they were like releasing the spaces or renting the spaces or selling this. So I was like, oh, those are the people that are making money. And, I'm, and I have people in my personal life that are really heavy in real estate. And I see the difference. We're coming out of the recession, but they're coming out faster. So I'm like, I love a note. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I remember like just three years ago where you were. And now, voila, like you dug yourself out of this recession hole. That really was a real estate crisis. But I noticed that real estate people were coming out of that hole faster. That brought my attention to real estate immediately. And I had a best friend that always thought that I should have been in real estate, like literally has never let it go. And I said, okay, I'll just get my license. I'll just try. And then I decided to get my license to sell houses because I was going to make a lot of money and then decide to do another beauty business, something that wasn't so taxing, something that didn't require so much of my time. And I get in and I'm in for a year and I'm addicted. And so now it's like, I know I will be selling real estate. I always tell everybody, I'm going to be 80 years old, just click, click, clicking around. <laughs> just, I have a townhouse to go sell. I'll be right back. You know, like I, I know that I'll always do it at some level for the rest of my life. I've, I've made that decision about a year in because I do love it. I didn't expect to love it, but I love it. Mm. Um, yeah, and I get in and I struggled in the beginning a lot. But once I got my footing, um, as I do, I run and I run faster, you know, um, and that's why I say that's the gift, because there are people that are work that I, I believe are working and trying as hard as I am. But what I am so grateful for is when I really put my mind to things and really work hard, my results are amazing. You know, that's the gift. That's something I don't take credit for. You know, that's just fortune. And then being. Yeah, just being fortunate, I think, you know, because. I, I can't say that I'm working harder than everyone else. I do get great results, though, because if I really zone in and focus on something, I'm, I'm going to kill it. You know, there's mm. no doubt about that. People do stuff that is fucked up. Like, you're like, damn, why'd that happen? Damn, why'd he do me like that? You've got to, it, it, you, you constantly are developing that over time because we all have soft sp spots. We all have weak spots. And like, that's where the universe, that's where God speaks to you and says, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to see. The whole thing is just a revealing of your character, a revealing of your spirit, a revealing of your, of, of your person over life. You're just, it's just, I believe the, the entire journey of, of life is you're waking up the entire time. You're waking up. So yeah, I had some moments like that. I had some moments where I had to put up the middle finger. I'm like, I'm going to live or die on this. You know, when your back's against the wall and you could lose everything, right? You could, you could literally lose everything. You got to make up in your mind, what's the one thing I can't lose? What's the one thing? Mm -hmm. If I could lose everything else, I can't lose this. And you decide, it's like, it's like my dignity. I can't lose my dignity in this process. 
You found something out about yourself in the process. I went through a situation where exactly like that, professionally, you know, someone came to me and there was a position of power, flexed on me hard mm. in front of everybody. And it was just like, here's a moment where you define yourself. You know, Biggie said, ready to die. Mob Deep said, survival of the fittest. What are you about? But if you stand for something, it's not ego, right? You can live. But if it's ego, the sword has to go both ways. If it cuts their head off, it has to cut your head off too. But if you're standing on something, you can survive it. So when I stepped two, I said, listen, you don't pay me enough for me to sell you my dignity. So I'm not in a position now to be successful with my coworkers because of the way you just talked to me in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so there's no way I can be successful here now. So if you wanted me to be successful here now, you just, you just, you just ended my career. So we might as well just pack, pick, pack a box and we, let's dip now because I'm not selling you my dignity. And in that moment, the person looked at me and was like, I respect your principles. And I get you now. And they learned something about me because it was conflict. You see what I'm saying? Mm. That conflict is a diagnostic. So that conflict came about, that tension. They learned something about me. I learned something about me. Mm. That, bred, that, that bred trust. The person backed up. Ah, my bad. I see what you're saying. Because it was about the business. It's like you trying to build an environment where everybody trusts each other and then you undercut someone you're in power over in front of everybody else. Now you've told everybody in the organization that the way to succeed here is to cut each other down to show that you're the most powerful person. That's the culture. And so you're gonna you're gonna put that, you're gonna insert that cultural code into the business, you're gonna ruin the business. Right? So when I put it in those terms, he was like, I understand the business and I understand you and I understand where you're coming from. And now I respect you. And the entire thing flipped around and I became on a, I, I became, me and that person were just great terms after that. But that's the, that's the point when, and, and look, I had everything to lose in that moment. Everything. You know, my finances at that point in time in my life were not great. I had just come back from an L. Literally had just come back from a huge L. Crazy L. Mm. I needed that job, bro. Mm. But I needed to be who I am more than I needed that job. And whatever I was going to go through if they did walk me out the door was way less than what I would have went through staying there. When you start looking at things from this point of view and then you start asking yourself, well, how do I make my first 10K month? Well, what, what lane are you trying to go down? Who is the best in this lane? Can I learn from them? Can I network with them? Can I watch all of their YouTube videos? Absolutely. Can I consume every bit of piece of knowledge? Not every piece, but like, can I consume way more knowledge on it? Can I put in an hour to two hours a day to learn about Facebook ads, to learn about marketing? Because if I'm being honest with you, like every company needs ads. Every company needs marketing. Every company needs operations. You learn one of those three first, and then you go in whatever order you want. I can tell you that you'll make 10K a month. I don't think making 10K a month is extremely difficult. I think that it's the lane that you choose to go down to make 10K a month. It might just be more difficult than others. Mm -hmm. So like agencies, you know, 
it's a lot easier to solve a person's problem who makes a million dollars if you know how to solve it than it is to solve a person who has on only $2,000 and wants to make 10,000. Because that individual who's making multiple millions or multiple six figures, they're willing to pay you $5,000 a month to fix this one part of their business that will affect their bottom line. So how do I solve bigger problems and then deal with people who make way more money? And then if you are going to go the route where you're dealing with people who may not have as much money, how do I play the volume game? How can I play this game so well? What things, what unique edge do I have that I can play so well to my advantage? To where the volume comes a lot easier and I don't have to spend as much. So for me personally, like I didn't learn this until last year that my unique edge is being able to make content and being able to make ads. Like it's something that I am very, very, very good at. Like I don't need a script. I don't need anything. You just tell me what the company is. You tell me what the product is. I will get in front of the camera. You give me literally three minutes. I'm good. Mm. And it's just a snap of a finger. It just goes, but not everybody can do that. And I, I didn't realize that until my content team told me, it's like, you know, bro, you really can sit down in front of a camera and talk forever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it just comes natural. And they're like, you know, that's not for everybody. You know, everybody can't do that. Everybody can't market or find the best three key components to talk about and then systematically say it in order and then make sure you still have the call to action in the 60 second time frame. Not everybody can do that. Mm. And I never thought about it from that point of view. So it's just like for the individuals who are watching, you have to take some time out to learn who you are, learn the, the things that you're amazing at. I was always, always the only black girl in the room, you know, always the only black person in the building. Um, mm. And that's just because of how I grew up in an environment in Arizona, in the valley where like minorities were just a, such a few, you know, just a speckle here and there. At that time, probably still now, I'm not sure. Um, and I think what I did at that time was to really pay close attention to what everyone else was doing so that I could fade into the background a little bit and like not always feel so other, not always feel so different, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, you're just paying attention to more. You're paying attention to everything. Like I know where every camera is in this room. Like I, those are the things I take in. Um, so I think that that's where it came from. I think it came from a really insecure space, honestly, like just, mm -hmm caring more, being more particular, trying harder, working harder, and then just um, growing up in an environment where I grew up in a single family home, like my mom was um, taking care of me and my sister and doing a really great job to do that. I, I never felt like we grew up with less because we grew up in a single family home, but I'm very aware of what it took to create that for us and that reality, right? Mm -hmm. That hard work, that drive. I saw someone get up every day and run that same schedule every single day. Like I could time the, the time that my mom would come into my room, turn on my light and say, rise and shine. It was exactly 7.05 in the morning, right? And that went mm -hmm. on for years. So you see that hustle, you see that spirit of someone. And I think I was just being trained on how to have that disciplined. And then also just really trying to figure out how to conform and fit into this environment being so different. And you only can do that by figuring out what everyone else is doing. So you're watching everything. So it mm -hmm. creates this a space where your brain is just overactive all the time, mm -hmm. you know, but now I think it's my absolute special gift. I think it's something that is is great about me because I can be doing multiple things at one time and paying attention to small details in all of those spaces at the same time. And I want more out of most things than I think my peers do. Like I want more out of this podcast than your other interviewers got. You know, I want mm -hmm. more out of my work. I want my brand to do more. I want 
my business to do more. I want to stand out above and beyond. It's like I'm making up for all of that time that I was trying to do this. It's like now I want to do this. And I think that they're linked because as you grow up, you just start to realize like, oh, wait, I can use this, you know? And that's what I've learned how to do is I've tried to use all those quirks about my personality because there are a lot of them. <laughs> and I've tried to use all of them to benefit me in my life. And it's crazy you say that because I always feel like people that can't explain what they do in like simple terms mm. don't know really know what they're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm able to really explain e-commerce and how to sell online in like three steps. Like I make it very cut and dry. Like make the account, hit bestsellers, just list the top three, add 10 to 15% call it a day. Like don't overthink it. Like there's mm. no point. Like, oh, what? A it's going to sell. It's If it doesn't sell, you didn't even buy it. Mm. And the account costs no money. So where can you go from here? The only place you can go is up. Mm. So, and once you get that first sale, you get that, that feeling of like, it does work. Cause that's all I needed was like that sale, that first sale of like, wow, this works. Mm. Cause it gives you that confidence in a sense. So is it, is it drop shipping or are you no. buying the products? No. So it's retail arbitration. Okay. Retail Explain arbitration is using USA big box retailers to sell on another major retailer site in the US. So it's all US based. So you don't have to worry about it. And because all of these retailers are now offering free shipping, free this, free that, it makes it super easy because we're in an era of convenience. Mm. People don't want to do anything themselves, which, you know, if you're on the other side of the fence trying to make ends meet, you can literally make at least two, three grand on convenience. Because mm. I've, I've made millions off of convenience, just simple convenience, which is where the term like, oh, scam, like, no, it's convenience. You're selling convenience because yes, you could cut your own hair, but you don't want to. Yes, you could go downstairs to Starbucks, but you could pay somebody to bring it up. Like we're in an era where people pay for their convenience. They pay for first class. They pay for Uber Eats. They pay for people to like, they're paying so that they don't have to do it. Mm. So why not exploit that mm. for yourself? Especially if you have a family to feed, like are you really concerned about somebody paying an extra 10 bucks because they were too lazy to deal fine? The saddest day should be when you complete your goal. That should be the saddest day. If you love it. What it's doing to you, what it's doing for you, it should make you emotional because once you've been through a few processes, you miss it. You miss what was happening in those hard days. Even though they were hard, that was life. I was living. I was alive. I was here. You know what I'm saying? Ultimately, everybody feels that 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 calling to say, to feel like, is there anybody gonna know I was here, that I lived, that I did something, that, that I mattered, right? My work, my life, my family, my ideas, you know, my hopes, my dreams, did I matter? This is what goes on in people's minds when they're living their life. And they, sometimes people, they, they determine in their mind, maybe I don't matter. I'm just going to live it out. I'm just going to drag it out, which is the ultimate shame because you've already died at that moment, right? And you're just, you're living mm -hmm. a zombie life. Um, but I will say this too. I'm very, very glad that we didn't talk about term sheets and writing code and AI and blockchain and venture capital and, and music and culture and all those things. We always talk about those things. This was really like real life shit. Okay, before we get out of here, I had to give you guys one last gem. The sponsor of today's show, 
Free Agency. Free Agency helps you find and win top of market roles. Here's how they do it. They are your career quarterback. They provide you with a dedicated talent agent. They understand you and your career goals. They will find you interviews at top firms and make sure you secure a top of market salary. So if you're looking to take your career to the next level, free agency is the place for you. Go to the link in the description for more information.